so good because of what God wants to speak to us tonight. It goes right along with that. Um, Father, I thank you for the word tonight. I thank you that it is working in us to work things out of us, Lord, that we would be pleasing and more like you, Lord. Use my vocal cords, Lord. Help me to say just what you want me to say and not what I want to say. (laughs) And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. I was looking. How many of y'all keep journals? I have boxes and boxes and boxes of journals. Um, I was going back through my this journal here, and the Lord had me reading what I wrote down six months ago. And we were talking about this not too long ago. You write something, and you hear from God, and you get somewhat of an understanding. You think you know what you heard, right? And then you go back, and God's going, no, okay, read it again. And you get a different understanding. Um, So I'm going to read to you what he's telling us tonight. He said, you will see my hand today, my miracle, my work, my promise fulfilled, my answer. If you look for me, you will find me. And I know you've heard that. If you look for me, you will find me. It's in Jeremiah 29, 13. And it talks about it also in 1 Chronicles 28, 9. It actually says, if you require of me, if I am vital, I have to be a vital necessity, absolutely necessary, important for life. That's how he wants to be looked for. I mean, we're in a season of looking for gifts, right? We go and we look and we want to find just the right thing. Or have you ever told your child to go look for his socks or go look for something? You know, if they really, really look, they will see it. Have you all ever played that game, um, I Spy? Yeah. Or have you ever looked at a book and, and it gives you the things to look for? It's an I Spy book. So you have to actually be looking for it. How many of y'all have ever lost something like an earring and put it down on the ground? And so this is what it's going to look like when I find it. So I know exactly what I'm looking at. Have y'all ever done that? Or am I the only one that does that? So he wants us to require of him. I want us to look at just let's look at first Chronicles 28, nine and just the second part. It says, um, Just the second part, down at the bottom, it says, If you seek him, inquire for and of him, and require of him as your first and vital necessity. That means it's absolutely necessary, important for life. Do we search him like that? Kind of like what Drew was talking about. When we spend our time with him, you know, there's a scripture in Matthew that says that with the same measure, the measure that you measure with will be given back to you. I tried not to bring a prop. I really, 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 really tried not to. But, you know, we're going to do a lot of baking and cooking. And when you look at this or look at a tablespoon, I want you to think of that, that the time, what we require of him is what we're going to get back. It's like, I only have a tablespoon of time today, God, just a tablespoon. So guess what I'm going to get? A tablespoon, right? That's all I'm going to get back. Um, He wants to be found. (laughs) He's not hiding. It's not a hide and seek thing. I don't write poetry. (laughs) I don't write in rhymes, but this is what he had me write down. It says, listen for me in the midst of the noise. How many of y'all know there's noise going on right now? Listen for me in the midst of the noise. Quiet your thoughts to hear my voice. There's much I long for you to hear. My one desire is to have you near. 
He said, you've seen in your heart and you've heard in your spirit, but preparation is required to get to where I want to take you. Okay. Preparation means action. There is something that you need to do. He said, take time, (laughs) take time to be captivated by what I will say as you give me permission to interrupt your day. Take time to be captivated by what I will say. Let me captivate you. We're living in a time where everything is volleying for our attention. Everything is screaming for our attention. If you've got children, if you've got a husband, if you've got a job, things are always trying to get your attention. But there's something about when we take time, when we get up extra early, when we stay up a little later than everybody else, when we put away our phone, that we're saying, I'm ready. I want to be captivated. I love that word captivated. We don't hear it a whole lot, but if you think about that word, it means to be captive, right? To be enthralled, to be captured, to be captured. Um, um, (laughs) We are not easily captivated. How many of y'all scroll through your phones? We're not captivated. I, I'm think the one thing that'll captivate us sometimes are, is like really gross things, and I'm going to get really gross. But like something like the pimple popper, does that not like captivate some people? Some people it really does. It's like oh my gosh, I just it's so gross. I can't not not look. I have to look at it, right? You know what's that? My sister, yeah, she loves it. My son loves it. I sent him something on on. Um, TikTok, and it was, oh, it was something that this lady had stuck. She'd had it there for over 50 years, and it was like she went, and they were going to try to take it out. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, before I even look at it, I've got to send it to Ryan. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I love this. And he's, he's, I need part two, and I need part three. So, like, there's some things that we are, like, so captivated by, but there's not a lot. Usually we're like, meh, seen that, meh, seen that, meh, 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 you know, we're not captivated, just like enthralled where it's like, oh my gosh, I just can't get my eyes off of it. And he's asking us to be captivated in this time. We're headed into a, we're in a serious season, but we're headed into an even more so serious season. He's saying, I need you to take the time to be captivated. I'm going to show you some things you've never seen before. I'm going to tell you things you've never heard before. I want you, I need you to require of me. Look, search, and seek me. Whenever I was thinking about this, I told Justin, I thought of the woman. I thought of the woman at the well. You know, she came and she was looking for one thing. And it says that whenever she was talking to Jesus, I love the scripture where it says she, he's talking to her about water. He's talking about water and you'll never thirst again. He's talking to her about worship and life. And she's enthralled. How many of y'all know she's enthralled with him? She's like totally captivated by him to the point where she just says, give me that water. Give it to me. I want that water. Give me that water that I'll never return back to this well again. What she was saying is because you have everything that I need. 
You have everything. We live, we're very privileged to live in America. I don't know how many of y'all really realize that. We are so privileged and blessed to live in America, in the United States. We are. We have so many luxuries. We have, um, we've almost become conditioned, you know. We've see, we see beautiful things all the time. Um, and it's really easy to be conditioned and not be captured by his beauty, not be captured by what he's trying to tell us. And you know, and for you who will listen, for you who will take the time, this is about, I was telling Justin, I said, I really sense that God is preparing us. But in preparation, there's planning. You have to take the time to do this. You have to take time to be enthralled and captured by him in order to hear. And here's the thing. When you're, when you're ready to take time for him to take you in, what are you going to go with? What are you going to go with when you go to that place? I'm going to have my Bible. I'm going to have something to write with and I have something to write on. I'm going to make sure that everything else around me is turned off and I'm ready to write. That's faith. That's saying, God, I, I, I need to hear from you. Have we, have, have you ever needed something so bad, like vital necessity, like first, like I need this or I will die. Has anyone ever been in that place where it's like, I, I, I need air or I'll die. or I need this or I will die. Anyone's ever been in that position where it's like, it's, it's vital. This is how much we need to need him to be enthralled with him. So that he will show us things. Um, the other story I thought of was um, Paul and Silas. Could you, you think you could be captivated when you're up to your waist in, in raw sewage? You think you be, can be captivated with God when you're in the midst of a mess? They were captivated. Something captivated them. And it wasn't their surroundings. So... It doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. Here's the thing is, I wrote down this when I was praying about it today. He said, he wants to be found. He says, I'm captivated with you. I'm captivated with you. He's always there and he's waiting on us to stop. He's waiting on us to say, okay, I'll be still. And I know we use that scripture a lot and we've heard it and we've put it on mugs and we put it on t-shirts and it, and it's so overly used. It seems like Psalms 46, 10, it says, be still and know. Um, but that word be still is the same word that Jesus used when he spoke to the storm. It means Come to a cease and rest. Come to a place where you're no longer in a war up here. You know, can you actually be in a storm? Can you actually be in the midst of a storm and be at peace and at rest and know that he's God? Yes. So I'm not talking to those who may have already been captivated. I may be talking to some of you who have never been captivated by him. You've spent time with him. 
you know the word, you've, you've read the word, you can quote some scriptures. But I'm talking about the Lord is, he put this so heavy on my heart these last couple of weeks. All I could think about was, I can't go throughout my day. I can't go throughout my day without thinking, okay, Lord, what is it that you want me to see? I'm so captivated. I'm so enthralled with your presence. I, I need to hear from you. You see, life isn't all just about me. <laughs> life is about how God wants to use me, right? We're his hands and we're his feet. I love that in preparation, he prepares us as well. I want us to look at Hebrews. Go to Hebrews 13 with me. 1320. It says, now may the God of peace, who is the author and giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep by the blood that sealed and ratified the everlasting agreement, covenant and testament. Now may this God of peace strengthen he, he produces, he prepares, he strengthens us. He completes and perfects us and makes us what we ought to be and equips us with everything good that you may carry out his will while he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. I've shared this before about that scripture. It has, a, it has to do with... Whenever there was um, a ship getting ready to go out on a voyage, they had to be prepared, right? How many of y'all know God, the Holy Spirit knows? Holy Spirit knows what's to come. He knows what we need. And the only way we're going to receive what we need for what's up ahead is through him. It's in him. Now, how many of y'all know when, when God places or produces or puts something on the inside of you, it doesn't leave room for other things. Something else has to come out. Isn't that right? That's how God works, right? Like Drew was talking about, he just asks us for 10%. He's trying to get us to trust him. It's just 10%, 10%. But really, ideally, he's not just wanting just that. He wants all of us. Part of worship isn't just a part. It's not just a tablespoon. It's my entire life. That's what he's asking for. We're headed into a time where we have to be completely and totally sold out to him. We have to be. Where it's like, have you ever had a child that isn't, you know, afraid and on you tell them, just look at me, baby. Just look at me. Just look at mommy. Just look at mommy. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Whether they're taking their blood or whether they're um, going through an x-ray or they've broken something or they're hurt. And, and what do you do? What do they do? They look at you. They're listening to your words. They trust you. And you're telling them it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. This is what they're going to do. And this is what's going to happen. And it's going to be okay. And we've got to, there's some things that are, we're, that are headed our way where God's saying, I need you to be enthralled with me. I need you to be looking at me and nothing else. Nothing else. There's a storm. There's a storm. But Jesus is saying to the storm, be still, be still, cease, cease, cease. You, you have no more power over me. 
These things have no power over me. And, and we know the story. We know what happened when Paul and Silas were enthralled with God and, and praised him. It says there was a great earthquake. And not only were they set free, but others were set free. So that's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what God is saying. I need to prepare the church, us, the body, for the time that's coming. For this time. For this set time. Amen. He's got a lot for us to do. <laughs> Where was I? Hebrews. Did I ever get there? It says he strengthens us. I'm ready to be strengthened. I want to be everything he wants me to be, to be equipped with every good thing. You know what? Patience is one of those things that um, he continually is working in us. <laughs> Amen. Um, especially in this season. How many of y'all ever been caught in a, <laughs> caught in a, in a traffic jam? And all we can think about is I got to get to my destination. Yeah. <laughs> there's something else that we need to see. There's, 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 um, people on the, on the side, people on the side of the road, people that are are needing to be seen. He's given us his eyes. He's given us his hands. He's given us his words. And a lot of times we're in a hurry. How many of y'all have ever walked into a store and say, I'm not going to look at anybody. I'm just going to go in and I'm going to get my things and I'm going to get out because I got to go. I'm not even going to look at anybody because if I see somebody, it's like, no, la, 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 la. God, I'm not, I can't see anybody right now. But that's not what we're heading into. He's like, everywhere we go, I need you to be captivated by me, with me, so that you can see what I need you to see. Amen? There's people I need you to see. We're going someplace. As a body, as a church body, there's things that we need to do. I was telling Justin, I know, you know, when I first got saved, it's so exciting and you're just, you know, I'm, I'm going to do great things for God. I'm going to go to Guatemala. I'm going to go to Africa. I'm going to win souls. I'm going to just do all this stuff. And he says, I'm going to put you in a church body. It's like, no, I want to go and be a missionary. And I just want to just go, you know, go fast and hard and furious and just do for Jesus. And he says, no, I want you in a body, in a church body. Um, I saw a movie years ago about some refugees from Africa that came to America and they were trying to get acclimated to life here. But it showed in the story when they were escaping from where they were at. And there was a group of them trying to go together and they were trying to run from people that were trying to kill them. And one of them in the group said, I'm... I can't do this. Y'all are just, y'all are holding me back. And that's how we get. I got stuff to do for God. I got my people. I got my team. I got my plan, my vision, and I'm going to do these things for God. And he said, I, I've got to go. I can go. I got to get to the other side. Y'all are just weighing me down. And the, in, at the end of the movie, there's this African proverb that says, if you go alone, you'll go faster. But if you go together, you'll go further. We'll accomplish what we need to accomplish. We all know the word says that he has placed you here. God places us in a body of believers. 
He places us where he sees fit. If he's placed you, that means he has commanded you. He has ordered you to be there. Not to walk alone, but to walk together in unity as one. So to be captivated, to be enthralled in him is part of that preparation and that plan for us to work together. Because if you're hearing and I'm hearing, we're hearing the same thing. We are. And we're going to go further. We're going to accomplish what God wants to accomplish. There's a huge plan and a purpose for each of us individually, yes. But he doesn't call us to go alone. He's never called us to go alone. We're called to go together. Amen? I'm going to tag you. You know, it's interesting, like I said, we, don't, we didn't talk about what we were going to share. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 92. So I know it's already 757, but you give me about 12 minutes. Yeah. Psalms 92. And so when I read this, you'll be like, what? Psalms 92. And then I'll take off with. Psalms 92. Verse 12, it says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Mm-hmm. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And those that are planted in the house of the Lord mm-hmm. shall flourish in the courts of our God. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I didn't know what she was going to talk about, but that was my first scripture. He that's planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Now, this word planted is, is not just... This actually word planted in the Hebrew is, is transplanted. It's not planted as being planted um, for the first time, but it's actually, it's actually being transplanted. So what, what are you, you and I, we are, we are believers and we were, we were in one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, but now we are our children of light. So I've been transplanted. So those that have been transplanted will, will flourish. Those that are planted or transplanted in the house of the Lord. We, you know, at the house of the Lord, we talk about the kingdom of God. It's, it's God's house. It's God's kingdom. It's the way he does things. It's the way he operates. So those that were in one kingdom now are planted in a new kingdom and they will flourish. And the word flourish means to break forth like a bud. They'll break forth like a bud. So we talk about being planted. It's about fulfilling God's plan. In talking about planning, I have, I have like three pages of notes here, but, but I'll just talk out of my heart mostly. Um, but in John chapter 12, Jesus is talking and he says, he, he talks about this, this grain of, this grain of wheat. And it says, unless this grain falls into the ground, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. So you have to understand that, that when something is planted, there's transformation that takes place. And you don't know what's happening underneath the surface. You don't know what, you don't know what's happening when you are planted. When you plant a seed in the ground, you don't know all that's taking place under the ground. When you plant a seed, you can't tell what's happening under the surface. We want to see some fruit, but yet there's a process taking place. You don't exactly know how long it's going to take, but eventually it's going to break through. You may not have, you, you may have not seen your prayers come to pass, but yet it doesn't mean something's not working. 
So even you might not see something with your physical eyes, you have to understand that as I'm planted, I didn't realize I'd, I'd step into what I've stepped into in my life until I got in. But it's because I was planted. It was when I was transplanted into even geographically, when I left Maryland and transplanted to, to Texas, I didn't know what was going to take place in my life. Being planted, you'll flourish. Being planted, you'll thrive. Being pr- uh, planted, you'll break forth and bud. Being planted, as I said, something is happening. Jesus, it says, unless I die, that seed's purpose won't fulfill its destiny. So Jesus is talking about himself. Unless I die. See, if I don't die, then Corky can't come forth. If Jesus, if I don't die, then much fruit can't happen. So if you're not planted... Much fruit can't happen. So good. Being planted. It's about preparation time. Annette was talking about prepared. Preparation time. That planting, that being transplanted in the house of the Lord, being planted in the word, being planted in prayer time, being planted, as Drew was saying, seeking first the kingdom of God, being planted in that. That's all preparation time. Preparation time is bringing us into seasons of producing. That seed under the ground, you don't know what's happening, but but the, there's something happening in the seed, and it is it there's the, the seed is being prepared to break forth into what it's meant to be. And I know this is a familiar statement, but preparation time is never wasted time. We all want producing, but do we welcome preparation? Let me say that again. We all want producing, but we, we all want produce or production, but do we welcome preparation? But if we look throughout people throughout the word, their preparation time opened doors to the extraordinary. Hallelujah. You, can, you can see that with Joshua. His preparation was in following Moses. Elijah spent a season following Elijah. Preparing him. David was anointed king, but yet he didn't go out the next day and wear a crown. He spent years watching his father's sheep. He played his instrument in the king's palace. He killed a lion and a bear, all in preparation that one day he would kill a giant and lead a nation. What's happening under the surface in your heart? What's happening under the surface as we're planted? What's happening under the surface as we seek first? What's happening? Go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Try not to talk too fast. <laughs> Luke chapter 1. Preparation time. Thank you, Father. You know, we, you know the Old Testament prophesies about uh, a man that would come. And, and the man I'm about to talk about is not Jesus. But there's a, the, the, the Old Testament prophesies about a man... Of John the Baptist, and, and in the Old Testament, they just call him one that's crying in the wilderness. That's how he's labeled. He's, he's the one that's crying in the wilderness. But even for him to be crying in the wilderness, and he's, he's doing his part, he's doing his role, he's, he's, he is in preparation time, and his father, his father sings a song over him, and, and it's called the Song of Zechariah. Zechariah was John the Baptist's father. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to read 
um, verse 67 through verse 80. Uh, but in uh, verse 76, it says, And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest. For you shall go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way. To give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercies of our God, whereby the day spring on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into a way of peace. And verse 80 says, and the child grew, waxed strong in spirit and was in the desert till the day of his showing unto Israel. Mm. Meaning he was in the desert until it was he was preparing to where he was able to be now released into the unto the people. Yeah. See, there's always preparation time. It's not, you know, God's called each one of us to do great things. And a lot of times we just think, well, if God wants to do it, it's just going to happen. No, there is a season yeah. of preparation time. Yeah. Preparation time. Hallelujah. It's in the preparation that God releases your destiny. Is being planted is about preparation for what's next. Preparation for the destiny that's being released out of you. I sense in my heart that it's time. It's a time of release, a time of release of gifts, of talents, of revelation. My prayer is that there's something is happening on the inside of you, and God is doing a greater work in you. We are in and have been in seasons of preparation. There's seasons of sowing, there's seasons of watering, there's seasons of pruning, but no matter what it is, it's always seasons of preparation. And realize on the other side of preparation, fruit and flourishing will break forth. Go to Isaiah 49. I got two more, two more scriptures. Isaiah 49. Getting something out of this tonight. Didn't do Pastor Annette do an awesome job? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isaiah forty nine verse one. Now the top of my chapter in the King James says the servants call. I'm reading this in the Amplified. It says, "Listen to me, O isles and coastland, and hearken, you people from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb, from the body of my mother. He has named my name." And he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand has he hidden me and made me a polished arrow. Now think about that. In the shadow. I came from my mother, from the womb of my mother, and she's named my name. And then it says, in the shadow of his hand, he hid me and made me a polished arrow. There's some, there's preparation and happening in your life that's happening in the shadow of God's hand. And what's happening? He's making you a polished arrow. Making you a polished arrow. In his quiver, and he kept me close and concealed me. Wow, he concealed me. Meaning there's something significant about your life. There's something significant about this church. I believe as a church for 21 years, I I believe that we're in this place that we've been in the shadow, so to speak, of God's hand. And we've been in this, we, we become, we're becoming this polished arrow. You're becoming this polished arrow and we're in his quiver and he's kept me close and concealed me. Meaning, meaning you're set aside and set apart 
for a specific purpose. Meaning he's holding on to you. He's holding on to the best for last. <laughs> what is the quiver? That's the thing that they would put the arrows in. And he's, he's preparing. He's sharpening. He's perfecting. He's, okay. he's doing great things. There's this preparation time. And verse 3 says, And the Lord said to me, You're my servant. So this polished arrow in his quiver that's being concealed, it says, you're my servant, Israel, God's people. You strove with God and with men and prevailed in whom I will glorify. Meaning, meaning, yeah, you're concealed right now, but there's a time where you're going to be glorified. That's good. Verse four says, then I said, then I said, this is not what God said. It's what I, this is, this is what he said. Oh, I have labored in vain. I've spent my strength for nothing and an empty fruitility. Yet, yet surely my right is with you, Lord, and my recompense is with my God. This, it's kind of like he's having a pity party. He goes, I've labored in vain. My life does meant nothing. I've spent my years for nothing. My life doesn't count for anything. I'm a loser. I'm a failure. Nothing amounts to anything. And well, well, okay. Well, okay. Well, Sure. The right is with the Lord and my recompense is with God. Meaning, well, God's going to pay me back one day in the sweet by and by. But verse five says, and now says the Lord. See, see, it's not about what you say about yourself. What does God say about you? And now God says, meaning, (laughs) meaning you can say what you want to say, but it really comes down to what is God saying? And now says the Lord who formed me from the womb to be his servant to bring Jacob back to him that Israel might be gathered to him and not be swept away for I am honorable in the eyes of the Lord and my God has become my strength. And then he says, he says, it's too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to be restored the survivors of Israel. See, he goes, it's too light a thing if it's just about reaching the Jews. It's too light a thing. And he, and he says this, I will also give you for a light to the nations that my salvation may extend to the ends of the earth. Meaning there's something I'm preparing in you and there's something I'm doing in in you isn't just for your own people, but it's to be a light to the nations. But all this comes out of preparation. And let me close with this. Go to uh, Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. And I'm not going to have time to unpack all this, but it's, it's going to. Preparation is for a purpose. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Matthew 24. Come on, pages together. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, this is the last days. Jesus is talking about what it would be like in the last days. And for the sake of time, let's look at verse 42. Watch, therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord does come. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would have not suffered his house to be broken up. Meaning this person, if he had known, if he had known, meaning this person wasn't in preparation mode. 
The next verse says, therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the son of man comes. Be ready. Yeah. Be ready. The point of preparation is to be ready. Let's go to chapter 25. I'm not going to tell this whole, this whole parable. But you know the story of the, the ten virgins? You know, they, had, they, all, they all had oil. Some had extra oil. And, and, sometimes, and there's a lot we could talk about this parable. And we could talk about the significance of oil. And how important oil is. But really, the bottom line comes down to verse 10. Verse 10, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came mm. and they that were ready. Right. The issue is about being ready. We can, we can talk about the significance of oil and all those things, but the bottom line is the point of this parable is being ready. That's it. And that's our encouragement. Mm-hmm. And that's what I believe the Lord is depositing, I believe prophetically tonight is that we would be in this place of being planted, that we would be prepared, that we would come close, and that we would be in this place of preparation so we would be ready. God can't trust us if we're not ready. God's not going to entrust us with this entire community if we're not ready. He's not going to entrust you with the next season unless you're ready to step into the next season. This is all about being ready. Thank you, Father. Can you read that prophet, the thing that you, that, that thing that rhymed? Can you read that as we close? <laughs> Listen for me in the midst of the noise. Quiet your thoughts to hear my voice. There's much I long for you to hear. My one desire is to have you near. Take time to be captivated by what I will say as you give me permission to interrupt your day. Captivated is just like being planted. Mm-hmm. Fixed. 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 And it's in that that preparation takes place. Can I read this one scripture? Mm-hmm. Romans 12, 2 in the um, message. It says, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level, God brings the best out of you, develops well-informed maturity in you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And we receive it as encouragement. We receive it as correction. Yes. We receive it as inspiration. Amen. I thank you that we want to be that seed in the earth. Just like Jesus was. Thank you, Lord. That as we die to self, That's it. Yes. we'll bring forth much fruit. That's it. It's in the planting of our hearts. Hallelujah. It's in our coming near. Thank you, Father. 
It's in our pursuit after you. That's it. Amen. We will be prepared and we'll be ready. Father, I thank you for everyone in this room, everyone watching by way of internet. But I thank you that we are your servants. And I thank you that we are in the shadow of your hand. Yes. And we are becoming the polished arrow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That you have called us to be. Yes, Lord. Yes. To where we can be that polished arrow. Thank you, Father. To where you release us. Thank you, Father. Into all that you called <laughs> and equipped us. Yes. To be. Hallelujah. We take on that challenge. Thank you, Lord. Of preparation. We take on that challenge of being captivated. We take on that challenge of being planted. Because it's in that that we will, we will break forth and That's bud. it. That's it. Amen. Thank you for sealing this message on our hearts tonight. Thank you, Lord. And I thank you that the work of the Holy Spirit will continue long after we leave this room tonight. Amen. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the work, the work that you have begun in us and the work that you're completing in us. Yes, Lord. Yes. Thank you for continuing to fan the flames of our heart. Mm. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen.
Receive this word tonight. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Looking forward to Sunday morning and as we gather on Sunday morning and God's doing some good things. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's hard to close out. Tomorrow night we are honoring um, one of the chief of police here, and we're honoring a police. And I'm a part of what we call Kappa. Been doing it for about 12 years. I ride out with police every every month, and um, gotten homicides, suicides, uh, different different things, and minister to uh, officers, but also minister to the people. Um, and so there's a number of pastors in the community that do that all over Fort Worth, um, and also uh, the a lot of leadership from the chief of police to some city council members will be here tomorrow night. And we're having a meal for them, a Christmas party for that. And so we are um, going to be needing to pick up all the chairs so we could we could do that before we dismiss. And then we have some tables to set out. Um, and so anyway, if you could do that, Joseph will direct you. But on that, love you all. God bless and give him Jesus. <laughs>